Mr. Speaker. Radio 191 FM, you're listening to Haraway's Oat Singles Breakfast Show. It is 24 minutes away from 9, and joining me in the studio now are Phil and John. Good and morning. It's time for politics. Yes, big week this week. Yeah, quite a big week, uh, both in uh, New Zealand and around the world. Mm. Uh, start off in the opposition with uh, Stephen Joyce stepping down. Mm. So this is quite significant because Stephen Joyce was one of the major players in, in the last government, so with three terms of national governments. Stephen Key was at the centre uh, of that regime um, and it, he actually stood for uh, leadership just a couple of weeks ago, which indicated that he did want to continue playing a major role mm. in politics, but apparently, according to Matthew Houghton anyway, uh, Joyce only received um, four votes and his own. So uh, uh, that would have been quite a slap in the face. Yeah, that's an, that's a, that's an ego rub right there. Yes. Uh, so he has now resigned, um, which indicates that he, he doesn't have the support of um, Simon Bridges and Paula Bennett as the mm. new leaders of the National Party. Um, there was an interesting article um, in the NBR last week by Matthew Houghton where he actually advocated that um, Simon Bridges makes... Sh- Sure that uh, that Stephen Joyce has pushed out, gets a message that he's not welcome anymore. So that right. seemed to have happened. Um, Joyce was um, Minister of Finance at the end of the last government, uh, was spokesman for finance, and it seems like he lost that position. And that would again would have been a, a, a slap across the face with a, Joyce, a big dildo, so to uh, say. <laughs> forgive, forgive my ignorance. Was Joyce uh, part of the? the brat pack that came uh like nick he was greasy re- nick smith uh mm. did they did they not all enter parliament uh together i believe nick smith was in parliament um before joyce came in so joyce right. has only been there since 2008 okay. yeah, i think so he was really much part of that uh, I guess that new wing of the National Party with John Key, mm. uh, backed by Bill English, who and who wanted to pull the party back into a pragmatic position where they could be a natural party of, govern- you'd of think, government. You'd think that you'd want like somebody with a decade's experience. You'd think that you'd want to keep them around. Does uh, do you think that this is Joyce being forced out, or Joyce taking his t- toys and deciding to leave? I think forced out, right? Uh, and I think he, well, he he lost national in the last election. Mm. Yes, he did um, gain them the highest number of votes for any political party, but there was no real uh, option of forming a coalition government because. Uh, um, uh, National hadn't really fostered any sort of potential coalition um, partners. Um, so I think uh, Steve, uh, Joyce has been blamed for that. And also, um, he's, he's widely disliked within the National Caucus and the National Party. He, he was protected by John Key and Bill English, and he was seen to act in a almost dictatorial way in, right. in determining uh, how the National Party projected itself, and especially during the election campaigns. He, right. he was the man who ran uh, three election campaigns for the National Party, um, or two at least, and uh, 
and stamped his authority in a very firm way. So um, I guess now uh, his caucus colleagues feel a bit more freedom uh, to be able to question uh, Joyce, and especially with Simon Bridges not giving him the financial portfolio. It's a pretty clear indication that he doesn't have the, the new leader's support. Right. I mean, it is a bit strange given how successful he was at managing their election campaigns. So they might not have liked his dictatorial manner, but... You know, in politics, you can get away with quite a lot if you're actually successful. Mm. So I think it does mark a shift in National that he is so unpopular and they're prepared to push him out. And it's kind of interesting, you know, like now you've got two Maori Westies um, running the National Party and the old white guy is, you know, he's, he's gone by lunchtime. So it's going to be interesting to see how National is repositioned to some extent um, by the new leadership. Do you think it's a reposition or 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 a reimagining, a rebranding exercise? Is it like it'll? I mean, the proof is in the pudding if we see if they actually announce any policies or. Mm. um, Well, I I guess that the. The way that Joyce has operated uh, alongside um, Bill English in the past and John Key was to be pragmatic to the extreme where um, their policies were very much determined by how they felt the general public uh, uh, wanted things done. And so they more or less just reflected back to a section of the general public what they wanted rather than being an advocacy party mm. that, that had a strong set of principles and policies attached to the, those principles that, that it would try and win over the public with. So um, I guess there's a lot of unease in the National Party that the National Party doesn't really stand for anything anymore. It stands for getting into power and being government, but it doesn't have a clear set of principles which it refers to when it's... Um, when it's um, building new policy platforms so there certainly is a a wing of the National Party that wants to move away from that extreme pragmatic position and and start actually advocating some more bold policies Right Uh, and uh, moving on to the CPTPP Sexy name isn't it? Yeah that is (laughs) it really just rolls off the tongue (laughs) plus it's entirely obvious what it stands for so this is the what was the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, after America uh, jumped off board. Uh, um, uh, Trudeau, the leader of, um, of Prime Minister of Canada, uh, wanted some amendments and came up with a more sexy name as a way to, to sell it to the to a more cynical public. So now it's the Comprehensive and Progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, so this is this is a. Uh, essentially a free trade deal, more or less, between Mm. 11 nations. Um, I believe David Parker is going to be um, joining his counterparts from the 10 other Pacific nations and signing the deal today in Chile, if it hasn't been signed already. Um, So that's Thursday Chile time. Um, The major differences are, one, America's no longer involved. So America being the biggest economy in the world, that's a... that that really... uh, lowers the impact of, mm. of this deal um, and that there have been some amendments, so some of the concerns about companies being able to sue governments have uh, those the, the amendments, have they addressed a lot of, because uh, there was great political outcry, I myself protested um, so, mm. have, have these amendments 
uh, address those? Well, painted around them. Yeah. So these are the investor state dispute clauses, the ISDS yeah. and the CPTPP. Yeah. So these investor state dispute clauses are. Some of them have been removed for now, but they've been put on hold. So they can be enacted with the agreement of the participants at any time. And there's speculation that um, that if America was to come back on board, yeah. even in the uh, tr- Trump administration, then they would want some of these clauses put back in place. So they're, they're purely on hold. Right. And some of these um, and uh, dispute the... clauses have uh, been kept and amended as well. And those are the, like say for instance British American Tobacco suing uh, the state of Victoria because they're introducing plain packaging those type of those, yes. that's the uh, yes, that, that, sort of yes it, it, if, if um, a government is opening up um, a sector of say the state controlled um, economy to uh, private interest contracting out and let's say it was to favour a New Zealand company over an uh, foreign company, then there's clauses that would allow um, a, a company to sue the government for unfair practice. Now, the the Adern government has said that despite there being clauses, um, investor state dispute clauses kept in this uh, agreement, they will try and have one-on-one agreements with various governments to stop companies from those governments, from those countries, suing the New Zealand government. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I see also that China's not part of the deal. I thought that was the entire point. No, they were never going to be part of the deal. And very much the um, CP, well, the original TPP uh, was all part of, well, arguably all part of America's and Obama's pivot to Asia. Oh, true. So, yes, so it was actually uh, a, a block set up, arguably, uh, against China yeah. uh, to, to fuse those um, economies more closely together, economically and politically. Um, but there is talk of China um, uh, having their own deal with um, uh, Pacific Rim countries and ASEAN countries, Southeast Asian countries, but it certainly won't be as comprehensive as the TPP. But New um, Zealand has its own, uh, its own free, yeah, its own own free, free standard deal with China as well. Yeah, and from the Chinese viewpoint, um, I mean, I think they are quite keen to counter American influence in the Pacific and have their own arrangements with you know Pacific Rim countries that is a kind of finger to the United States and like just just work around them yeah yeah and and the Pacific Rim is a big big area for China you know they're getting into the Pacific Islands and into other Pacific Rim countries as well right uh, so what does uh, national I understand is opposed to uh, no, it's all the for it. Oh really? Yeah, very much. So. Okay, not even not even just doing a we're in opposition now having a sulk. No, because uh, I mean, uh, uh, national is um, I, without they any ambiguity. Ambiguity yeah. is fully for these types of yeah. uh, free trade deals. It's only the Greens that are uh, um, um, staunchly against this deal. Mm. And, but let's remember, um, Labour, New Zealand First, and the Greens all uh, participated in those protests against the TPP, um, and, and um, uh, in particular, uh, Jacinda Ardern said that the investor state dispute clauses were a real dog. Yeah. Um, yet she has signed up to a deal that uh, keeps those um, clauses 
in the deal but in suspension so uh, that so, just, so there's, there's an argument that there's uh, a lot of opportunism and hypocrisy here coming from both New Zealand First and Labour and yeah. actually pushing for this deal now yeah and what we're seeing from Labour is the kind of the rhetoric of being anti-TPPA in opposition and the opposition in government is entirely different which is you know very often the case yeah yeah. Uh, that's uh, curious, but it's being signed uh, today in Chile, if not already. Mm. Right. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you very much uh, for your time today, gentlemen. No problem. It is.